Are you ready to take your leadership and your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate, evolve, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world. And you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates. I work with leaders and their organizations to identify the trends that will most likely disrupt their businesses and develop business strategies and business and leadership practices to leverage those trends to create strategic advantage. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on innovating how you lead and transforming your organizations. I'm an adjunct faculty member at universities in the U.S. and Germany. With me on the show today is Maria Urani. She is currently the CIO at NetJets with over 30 years of experience delivering system solutions and managing IT organizations. Maria was an IT leader at Nationwide for 13 years before joining NetJets and before that she was with Ernst & Young. So I want this Voice America series to provide valuable information to leaders and emerging leaders that will prepare them to lead their organization in the dynamic times we currently face. The more highly effective leaders are, the better journey we all have. Also, I hope the show provides options and promotes an environment where our national and global audiences continue to find ways to work together peacefully and effectively across borders and boundaries. In addition to sharing models and our experiences, I invite you to find one thing from each weekly segment that you can put into practice in your own leadership immediately. Think about when was the last time you changed a leadership behavior, if you're a regular listener, I hope the answer is last week, to respond to the dynamic environment you're facing. Are you experimenting with behaviors that will continually keep you up to date or even better, keep you ahead of the curve? Are you at risk of becoming a depreciated leader, outdated and possibly even obsolete? If so, it becomes foundational to continue to update how you're leading. So the outcome of today's show, leaders follow many paths to success. In a time of varying role models for exceptional leadership, Maria talks about how she developed over the course of her career. She shares her values, role models, and the art of leadership. Many people develop visions, but living them is the art. Maria talks about how she puts her values into action on a regular basis to create a positive work environment, great results, and strong successors. So welcome, Maria. I'm delighted that you're here. Thanks. I'm happy to be here, Maureen. So let's jump into what are you passionate about? How do you live that in your work? My biggest passion is people. I say without people, you have nothing Okay. in companies and organizations that are trying to transform and, and to go from good to great. And I always say to my leaders, and I instill this within myself daily, if you don't have time for people, you won't be able to change. You need people as change agents. You need people to understand. You need people to grow. You need people to learn. You need people to transform. So leaders need to cast that shadow about how important people are and how they need to make the time for leaders in their day-to-day lives. So you work at NetJets. You've been there for how long? I've been at NetJets a little over two years now. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how does that, your value on people, map to the organization? So our culture at NetJets is changing, and it's changing to the point where people are becoming empowered. And it's a big change from the past. So to empower people, right, it's not about words, it's about actions. So we're creating an empowered culture across NetJets. And I created actually an acronym for for my team and my vision, and it's called T-E-A-M, where we're transparent. And the E stands for I have E-cubed, engaged, energized, and empowered. Accountable is for the A, and M is for measured. And so... I am big on teams, I'm big on people, so I created an acronym for my vision statement so that it's easy for people mm-hmm. to remember, but it also focuses on the importance of the team member, which is, that that's what we call our associates at NetJets. 
Okay, so I see this on a piece of paper, uh-huh. and I'm assuming one that you cared enough to put it down uh-huh. means you, you're putting it in action. Tell me what it looks like. If I worked for you, how would I know this? How would I see it? You're right, because actions speak louder than words, right? You rally around the one-pager and, and, and get people together around what you say and your forward direction. But what's important is to live out those words, right, mm-hmm. and and to represent those actions. So I've created more of a fast-fail type culture. Okay. I've created test and learns, right? We are big on curiosity at NetJets mm-hmm. for people to ask questions, to challenge the norm. But when you say empower people, you actually have to start celebrating some fast-fail. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to know you, you have to do quick sprints so that you're not building something for a year or two like we did in the past with Waterfall. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing agile methodology and, and you actually have an opportunity to test and try different things out, especially moving to the cloud, then you have an opportunity to take some risks, calculated risks and mm-hmm. let people be empowered and fast fail. And when they do, guess what? You actually celebrate that and you say mm-hmm. it's OK. You pick them back up, move on. Right, and well, when we they see learning fast, too, not learning fast. fast, yeah, exactly. It's learning fast, fast fail, whatever term you want to use. But people have to see that it's okay to do that, and when they do that, they become mm-hmm. more creative, curious. Right, they expand their minds and their norms. And in fact, I'm in the process of writing a Forbes article right now, the, right before a meeting, about the th- the things that I've learned over the last three years in these interviews and one is agile managers Mm -hmm. and then this learning culture as technology especially accelerates the work we do and now we're looking at artificial intelligence and machine learning we as humans need to learn hopefully at the same rate our machines are (laughs) and so that means we're going to make some mistakes yes but it's okay to make mistakes right yeah and you don't penalize people now if that mistake is repeated and you don't learn Mm -hmm. from the mistakes that's a different story yeah right and then that's about accountability right and holding people Mm -hmm. accountable but to create that empower culture you have to show that so it's all about actions so do you share your failings too yeah i do actually you know we had a group of interns in just the other day and, um, you know, we have 30-plus interns at NetJets, handful were in IT, but it was a group full mm-hmm. of interns. And, you know, I shared some of my career with them, shared a quick presentation, and then I got very pointed questions, which I was mm-hmm. happy about. But um, they asked what, you know, kind of what was the remark or feedback to you that most stung you through your career? Mm. You know, questions like that. So wow. it was it was kind of cool to see a group of younger people being that interested and, and being that tied to, guess what, you will fail throughout your career and mm-hmm. you get back up and you learn from it and you move forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming you answered them. Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> they actually made me think. So I had, to, I had to dig back because I think it comes from way back. I mean, You'd still learn along the way, right? You course correct. And I think as your career develops, you know, you get to a point, it's not that you can't change, it's harder to change. But if you have an awareness where you play on your strengths and you have an Mm -hmm. awareness of where you have opportunities Mm -hmm. and you're able to find people that have those strengths where you have those holes, so Mm -hmm. to speak, Mm -hmm. that's how you start developing your team. As long as I have an awareness of where those are. But yes, I did answer the question and actually... I went way back to my years at Ernst & Young when I did consulting for 10 years, and my delivery was key. That was in my DNA. Mm-hmm. I was re- yeah. very results-oriented, and that's how I started you know, to go up through the promotion cycle there. And I got to the point where I would do well on a project and I would deliver, and then my results would continue to service that client and sell more based upon mm-hmm. my delivery. Mm-hmm. But I was not very good at cold calling, going out to just sell mm-hmm. a service. Yeah out of the blue so I would I would get that feedback and I got it one year and then I got it the next year and you know I, I needed to dial into that and really take that to heart because that's how I was going to get to the next level I requested mentors I had mm-hmm. partners mentoring me I had people on my project mentoring me took some classes and really honed in you know am mm-hmm. I the best at that no but I learned that it was something that I had to improve on mm-hmm. so I took it to heart and did so so that wasn't a failure, it was just a next step in life. Yeah, that was a sting like to my, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm doing well here and I'm, I'm rising up in, in the different ranks at Ernst & Young, but woo, here, here's, you here's know, a halt. You can't go any further unless you do mm-hmm. XYZ. At least I had the people that were honest enough to give me feedback, to encourage me to learn and, and to move forward. But, 
that's what I told the, the group of interns is you should only hope for people to be that understanding of your career. Mm-hmm. Take the time to give you feedback because feedback is a gift. And you've got to learn personally what you're going to do with that. Nobody mm-hmm. else is going mm-hmm. to do it for you. You know, one of the things I wonder, because I coach a lot of people at our age, and I had someone recently who was about 55 say, I, I'm not learning anymore. I don't have to. I said, how soon do you plan to retire? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Learning is key. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. And if, <laughs> he said 10 more years. I'm like, yeah. No. I mean, those that stop learning, I kind of feel like they, they wither away, right? Learning is so essential to any role that you're in, and especially in IT, as technology is so rapidly changing. If you Mm -hmm. can't stay ahead of that curve, I actually told the group of um, interns the other day, I call it um, inverted mentoring. I said, I learned from youth, and I don't know everything. Granted, Mm -hmm. I could teach you some things, but my goodness, you can teach me day to day. Mm -hmm. So I I really like that. I like models where we use certain suppliers in town that that have a model where we we take um, students right from college and test drive our car before we buy it so to speak mm-hmm. and um, and then hire them so it, it's how I learn it's how I mm-hmm. keep up to date in addition to you know reading and then attending conferences and whatnot yeah because they're doing things just differently than oh we for sure and yeah and it's way less complicated they just think differently and sometimes simpler than we do well yeah if you grew up with an iPad right things are just intuitive right yeah, I did not grow up. <laughs> yes. It I think I was so working simple. before PCs were created. Yes, so, or well, something I'm right like with that. you, Maureen. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, we're not in the workplace that long relative to one of the other trends. If we're going to live to be close to 100, then retirement isn't going to be in our 50s or 60s or even 70s. So what's it going to look like for those of us who've worked for 30 years to work for another 30 years? And what does learning look like then? It's it's going to be so advanced. Even the way you learn is going to be different. So, my goodness, we're going to have to be completely open-minded, right? I, yeah, I'm wondering if we just have chips implanted that learn for us. Yes, but oh, well, we, <laughs> we're going to find out, yes, right? Yeah. As well, AI takes its place, right, becomes more rampant moving it, forward. It well, will change. It, it will change how, how we, we learn. think, how we learn, yes. How we we adapt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and then think about, we talk about millennials, again, with people in the workplace, maybe up to 40 years. What's it going to look like when it's 60 or 70 years of difference in age? Mm -hmm. And in some cases, younger people, again, mentoring. Yes. And think about companies that have to, you know, we cross all these different age gaps. Mm -hmm. But yet, you have to create a consistent experience for all those different types of age gaps. Mm-hmm. And and that's what's interesting in the in the business today is is how do you manage to that? And that's the thing that's coming to mind is again I'm thinking about um, interviews I've done where where we talk about extending the some careers based on mm-hmm. need. Companies need people, experienced people, yet at 80 I'm assuming I'm going to work differently. I'm assuming a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. But we'll have what? cars driving us to work. <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> or <yeah>. something. <laughs> we'll have something. Something, yes. Yeah, or I'll work from home, or which you'll I do work from a home. lot anyway. Right. Yes. But it'll look different, and we won't be talking about those millennials anymore. Because no. it'll be, you know, Gen Z <laughs> or what, whatever comes after Gen Z, I don't know. And we will hopefully have found ways to celebrate the differences not talk about them like whoever the them is at yes, that point. Yes, <laughs> agree, agree. So you talk about leadership as an art. Can you say a little bit more about that? I say it's an art because I think you can teach the science to those that are willing to learn and mm-hmm, have the aptitude mm-hmm. to learn. But I, I, I feel like leadership is an art. I think some of it, you know, you're a product of your environment and whether you were that leader of, of your family and you had siblings mm-hmm. or you were that leader in school, just a natural leader, but some of it can be learned and, and fine-tuned as a leader. But I think it's an art because you've got to learn how to influence. You've got to learn how to negotiate. you got to learn how to put yourself out there. Those aren't, you can go to classrooms and mm-hmm. hear about mm-hmm. it, but until you actually do it and see how that's working out. A lot of people don't have those traits about them to be able to do that, and it's hard to teach some of those skills. You can teach them to a certain point, but the natural Mm -hmm. leaders, I think, always exude. And um, 
a lot of it is art, like I said, but the science is more of the teaching of the, I don't know, whether it's the technical skills, the business acumen, mm-hmm. those kinds of things you can teach. But you know those leaders that walk in the room that when they walk in, they're mm-hmm. the dynamic, charismatic, you know, you say the man of the people or the woman of the people, right? Those people that you look up to because mm-hmm. they understand respect. That's two ways. They can always teach you. They're um, listeners. They know your name. So I think all those kinds of things are what I call kind of art form, not not science. Mm-hmm. I'm bad at knowing people's names, but I take a deep interest in them. Yes, fair enough. You can look at their badge and then say, oh, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> but, I mean, it is people like, just like from an experience standpoint, you know, allegiance to companies now is around personalization. Yeah. It's no different than when we're interacting with people. They like you to know a little bit about them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I do these quick little things, exercises to get to know people better, whether whether it's, you know, a, a spreadsheet with team is- interest or playing a silly game called Have You Ever. Mm-hmm. You can't. It These goes so games, far. Right? No, well, you could do drinking <laughs> games, but I haven't done that yet. Uh, but Probably you can only work. take those <laughs> so far. And but the the thing is, when I came into this this new job, I had six male leaders under me, and I said, "We're going to play this Have You Ever game." And it's just silly questions that you ask, mm-hmm. and you start creating that camaraderie, and they, they never knew about each other. And when you learn little things yeah. about people, you create yeah. these connections, and it you're more apt to ask somebody to help you or you know, or go mm-hmm. to them for feedback, and it, it goes a long way. Yeah, the human relationships yes. can't yes. be replaced. For sure. And that's one of the things I'm curious about is as we work more remotely, how do we build that? different than looking at each other in the face that's that's what's hard right so as much as you could do um skype and and Mm -hmm. um video conferencing or whatever it is the mechanism you use to see those faces i think it's important yeah because you can create more of that connection than you can with a text or a phone call right yeah or email absolutely hide behind the screen yeah So we are going to go on break now. This is Maureen Metcalf and Maria Urani talking about her career, how she developed, and for young leaders moving into more significant roles, talking about what is that art behind the science. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. You're listening to Maureen Metcalf and Maria Urani from NetJets, their CIO, and we are talking about leadership and her journey. So how did you get to where you are? Wow. <laughs> you know, I actually started out and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I had a, a degree in business and economics with a minor in computer science. And I just found along the way people helping me and I started mm-hmm. as a systems analyst and I learned and then I learned about consulting by being the systems analyst and I interviewed at Ernst & Young and had the best opportunity for 10 years to learn every part of the IT life cycle mm-hmm. and to have the opportunity to face off to varying different clients for 10 years, mostly in the financial services industry. But what I learned there about people, about process, about technology and overall culture with all the different environments I worked in, that's like 20 years on a piece of paper, really. And so I feel like I did all my groundwork there. Mm-hmm. So that was straight out of college? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right out of college. And I started as a systems analyst at a bank way back when. And then from there, I learned about consulting and and kind of formed my, mm-hmm. who I was there. And I, I knew that in my DNA, I was very good at delivering projects and programs mm-hmm. and driving big things like that. And then managing and mentoring people became part of that mm-hmm. as I did that. Uh, and then I went up through the ranks and learned, you know, started to sell different things at Ernst & Young. And then I was asked to interview at Nationwide to take a role there. And I had the opportunity at Nationwide also for 13 years to be able to go into many different roles there across mm-hmm. IT. I learned a lot about organizational design and org change management and how important mm-hmm. that is. Because when I was in consulting, right, I built things and and then left those. Yeah. I didn't stay part of that client. So you never know how those are absorbed mm-hmm. and, and that piece of the change. But at Nationwide, I lived with what was built. And as part of that, um, you know, I added that to my toolkit from there was learning more about how to effectively manage and lead people, more about organizational change management, which you can never undermine. It is so, so important mm-hmm. um, in organizations. But... I actually had great mentors that helped me to to learn more about the business, to learn more about leadership skills, uh, to understand where there were opportunities, what I would need to do to understand where my gaps were, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to position myself for different roles. I also learned to say no when tapped for a role that I wasn't interested in. And I knew the roles that I was interested in. So I actually just developed my skills towards those, Mm -hmm. never towards a title. And I'm very important. It's very important to understand that I'm one that never chased titles. I actually don't even like using titles. It's about where is your passion? What are you good at? And mm-hmm. you know what? What are whatever your interests are will exude energy from when you go into that role. And so those are the roles that I looked mm-hmm. at and I was interested in, and always put those as part of my development plan and knew what to say no to. Mm-hmm. So we had a similar trajectory. I started. I started in finance. I had an economics degree mm-hmm. and then went to PwC and Accenture for 12 years and went through the technology, the process piece, and then change management was becoming a thing back then. Mm-hmm. So I took a role in change management because I saw that we did a great job in some cases of designing processes with our clients. Yes. But then the ones who designed them didn't always put them in place in their own organizations. Right. So very curious to me how that worked. Yes. It's the glue, though, to making things work. And it's hard to sell that piece or change management yeah. when you're in consulting. But you know when it, why things work <laughs> when they work. It's because you have that element in there, right? And that was why I started my company. We managed the heck out of projects. The project oh, yeah. management was not the problem. 
but sometimes we were more successful than others. Right, because you got to know who's going to absorb it at the pace they can absorb mm-hmm. it, so on and so forth, and involve those constituents up front. And where's the risk? And, yes, and where's who's the not risk? going to <laughs> More right. importantly, who's not right. Going to that's it. why I learned actually at Nationwide also is the um, ProSci model, the ADCAR mm-hmm. framework for mm-hmm. change management, which helps along the way greatly. Yeah, building it in because you know, as you know from consulting, it's the easiest thing to whack. Oh, exactly. That's that was what I was trying to say. You said it better than I did, but it's hard to sell that piece in the model yeah. in yeah. consulting. Right, and the ROI is if you get the system in and no one uses it, yeah, it's still a fail. Mm-hmm. It's still a fail. Yep. Even though we did a brilliant job of mm-hmm. delivering what we were contracted to deliver, yeah, the culture piece is the other one. Are we trying to implement a system that is counter to their culture without attending to? This is people aren't going to do it. You right. got a performance appraisal system that will punish them for doing the very thing you're trying yeah, to right, exactly. get them to do. That's why you have to understand all that up front. You have to have your change agents in, in place and mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes on to that. You know, that piece of end-to-end delivery. Mm-hmm. And that's the glue, I think it is. <laughs> and then, I mean, after I was at Nationwide and learned all of these other mm-hmm. pieces and I had the opportunity uh, to lead several large teams, groups of people, and um, I also had the opportunity to run uh, an IT workforce effectiveness team in addition to what I call my day job, which I had all the professions, the job families reporting Mm -hmm. to me, identifying Mm -hmm. roles and expectations, which are so important. So I got to do so much at Nationwide. I'm very Mm -hmm. grateful Mm -hmm. that I had all the roles I had there. And I was happy there. And then all of a sudden, I get tapped to, to talk to NetJets. And, you know, I said, why not? Maybe I can see what's out there. Maybe there's something different. Mm-hmm. Found more and more out about NetJets and you know how they're part of the Berkshire Hathaway company, and that was mm-hmm. exciting to know. And I feel like when I decided to go to NetJets, the main reason was um, I had an opportunity to help change NetJets and, mm-hmm. and how they can take more risks and how to introduce test and learns and hackathons and, and be part of that culture change uh, around curiosity, more curiosity and empowerment. So I decided to take the role there and have been there a little over two years. So what are you most proud of at NetJets? Biggest accomplishment? Wow, we've changed so much in the, in the two plus years. I'm proud of the people. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the way they've accepted change, the way that they've led their organizations through change and the way that we are starting to do so many things differently and mm-hmm. get unsolicited feedback and more wiles, right, than mm-hmm. IT had gotten in the past. So what is the role of IT at NetJets? We know it's a company that does partial shares of flying, uh, but for people who don't recognize that there, how much of a role technology plays, everything from pilots being able to communicate while they're oh, in air. Yes, for sure. To IT goes across all of it, right? And, mm-hmm. and we are in in the U.S., we're in, in Lisbon, Portugal, um, we're at EJM in, in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and IT is part of the, the end-to-end experience, whether it's for team members, whether it's for the actual crew who are team mm-hmm. members, but we have crew and non-crew team members that we call um, our mm-hmm. associates, the owner experience end-to-end huge everything's through the lens of the owner that we do and we in IT obviously have systems that are built for every one of those pieces of the experience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it's vital i mean our crew have our you know iPads and iPhones for mm-hmm. their day-to-day flights and they get their briefings they er, constantly right mm-hmm, that's that's mm-hmm. the it's very digital and mm-hmm. so IT has become a focal point but I think in the past, IT was, and not just NetJets, it was everywhere, right? You were mm-hmm. Where IT was kind of a cost center, kind of mm-hmm. a necessary evil order takers, right? So to speak. Yeah. And Keeping the trains on the... Keeping the trains on the track. And now that technology has become an enabler to the business everywhere, I feel that we are uh, becoming partners uh, mm-hmm. with the business, right? They are listening. They're looking for our feedback. They're looking for our thought leadership on what they should do next or Mm -hmm. to actually come and help them solution things up front rather than Mm -hmm. wait to be told, here's what I want. 
Well, and especially I'm thinking owner experience. All of the things your associates need to know about your owners. So when they show up, they're ready to go. With oh, the yes. Right I mean, imagine the information and we have. Food and <laughs> exactly. You know our business. See, more you bit. really know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine the information and the level of personalization that we do for, for the types of owners that, that we fly. Yeah. Really. Yeah. They, it's critical. And they're, um, yeah, they're busy and they show up ready to go. Right. With no, no messing around. No yes. TSA, no... So I feel like IT is creating a good partnership um, with all the, the business uh, tenants that we have at NetJets, and um, we are helping them do strategic visioning. We're part of those sessions now to take NetJets to the next level. So what got you to the place where you were ready to take that role? You, you've talked about the jobs you've had, mm-hmm. but not the mentors. Because other people yeah. have had those jobs, but they're not in your role. Other people have had the jobs that I've had, but they're or not in, in the role that I am today. Yeah, they didn't fair. progress through their career as rapidly. Yeah, and like I said, I, I told you I wasn't chasing titles, and I don't. And everybody said, oh, you're CIO of, of NetJets. Yes, but leaving the title aside, I like to go in and lead people, change people, make things better for people. Again, empower people, let them be themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and appreciate diversity along the way. And when I say diversity, I mean everything, people, process, coming together. So I think knowing that and getting tapped to say, hey, this role may be for you, I took that opportunity to listen and say, hey, maybe I'll look somewhere mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't take risks, and I feel like all throughout my career I have taken risks, mm-hmm. um, some more calculated than others. And what made me feel I was ready for that role was, you know, all of the things that I had the opportunity and that I seized the opportunity mm-hmm. with to put in my toolkit that mm-hmm. matched what NetJets was looking for at the time. But sometimes you got to get out of your seat and, and take those <laughs> risks, right, for things yep. to happen. It's not going to come to you. It's not. And I if think it that's does. really important for people to hear. You stepped out. It was uncomfortable. Yes. I stepped out. It was uncomfortable. You have to, I have this saying, even with my organization, be, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, you have to be that way. You have to be that way as a leader. You're not going to take any risks with your organization either, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think I, I have done that along my uh, along the way in my career. I remember one person said to me, oh, Maria, you learned how to play the chess game well in your career. And I said, it wasn't a chess game. I actually took the time to really know kind of the roles that I was after in current mm-hmm. organizations that I was in. I actually said no to promotions twice mm-hmm. because I didn't feel like I had done enough in a current role and I didn't feel like I had enough of the skills needed for two other roles mm-hmm. that I was tapped for for promotion. So, you know, I, I think about that and I... I I look back and I say, what if I would have done that? I probably wouldn't be where I am now, mm-hmm. right, if I didn't say no yeah. to those promotions. So, yes, you can step back and say, oh, it kind of all worked out and everything looks. But I tell people, you know, it's not about climbing the ladder. It's about looking at that lattice and saying, where do I have to make lateral moves before I move up? Because mm-hmm. you've got to round yourself out at times, and it's better to do that at the lower levels to gain that experience before you start moving up and and get more siloed yeah i think again i'm hearing a couple things that are really important know when to say no (laughs) know when you're ready take the lateral not the vertical Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to be well rounded so that when you get that right opportunity you're ready to bounce and and knock it out of the park and you know don't chase titles but know what you do well let your your experience prove that. And if there is a role available for you and it actually has a title, go try for it, right? I was raised, the worst thing somebody's going to tell you is no. So, But make mm-hmm. sure you take your A game to whatever you do mm-hmm. because you could interview for positions um, and not do well. And then that's frowned mm-hmm. upon because senior leaders see that and, and remember you by that. So I always say be prepared and take your A game. And I feel like I constantly am prepared and, and try to bring my A-game every day at work, every time I interview, and I, I really take that with the utmost importance going into it. Thank you. We're going to go on break now. This is Maureen Metcalf and Maria Urani. We will be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Metcalf & Associates is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and business. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, Metcalf & Associates has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the perpetual capacity to identify and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. Metcalf & Associates offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com today. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. So welcome back to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. You're joining Maureen Metcalf and Maria Urani, and we're talking about taking risks. So during our break, you and I were talking about the risks we take and the risk of not taking risks. So please tell our listeners the story you were telling me. Okay. So I was telling Maureen that um, it was interesting because I'd been asked before in, in an organization to actually mentor people, a few people on risk taking and, and how I approach taking a risk. And I never really thought about me being this risk taker. And I, I am calculated about it. I'm not willy nilly. But a person came to me and said, will you take risks, Maria, because you're not afraid of losing your job? And I looked at the person and I said, wow, that's a different mindset because I take risks because I don't want to lose my job. And as a leader, I feel like we have to take risks in order to move organizations forward. Um, And that could be people, process, technology, whatnot. But you've got to take risks. We are in a fast-paced world. And if leaders don't take risks and you don't show your organization that you'll put yourself out there to make a decision that's personal not normal, and personal risk. and or organizational risks, then you're not being that leader um, that the people need to move things forward. Perfect. As a woman, does risk taking look different for you than it does for men? Or it's just individual and we all have a different risk tolerance. I think it's individual, but I think when, when you have a female taking a risk, people are more open-eyed like, oh my goodness, she just took a risk or she's just made that decision. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I do think it's, um, I don't want to say a spectacle, but it is It is seen differently at times. I, mm-hmm. I don't think all the mm-hmm. time, but at some at some points in my career, I, I do know that it was recognized Okay. As, as more of a wow, she did that okay. kind of thing. Yeah, I don't want to overemphasize gender, but we're both physiologically wired and socialized differently. And so how we lead, if we're not being conscious about it, will look different. Oh, yes. 
if For we're sure. being conscious about it, we'll develop the areas where we have gaps that would be traditionally male, mm-hmm. and we'll we won't look that different. Right. When you have support and you have confidence in your ability, and you have the people that you know that can take decisions forward from an organizational standpoint, you you are more balanced in that decision yeah. to take or to make that risk, right? And personally, mm-hmm. I just feel like if you're complacent, you're never going to take a risk. Yet usually the complacent people are usually the ones that are moaning, right? And I can't do this, I can't do that. Well, nobody's going to do or it for you. Fair. Or it's not fair. Well, I was taught way on in my career from a partner. Life's not fair, Maria. Yep. And guess what? Know you, be you, know your core, and figure everything else will be figured out, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Again, I think it's important to hear life's not fair. It's not. And I don't, um, it's interesting because my strengths, if if anybody out there has taken strength finders, I'm sure you have, are communication, competition, discipline, focus, and woo. And and the last time I took it, right, a few few years ago. And woo is getting along with other people. Winning winning over others, right? So the competition one um, threw me because I thought, wow, that's not me. I don't compete against others. I would never do that. Mm-hmm. I want to hire people that I would work for, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't have a jealous bone in my body. But the, the competition, how I read it and took that as a strength, is that I have he- very high bars for myself to achieve. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, I cast that you know, shadow with my organization. Mm-hmm. But if you have to have a high bar for yourself if you want to get out of complacency or never be in it, right? You've, you've mm-hmm. got to have that dream to chase and and what what's next out there. So I, I do have competition as a strength and it, it just struck me as odd though when, when I saw that at first mm-hmm. because I, I thought it meant something else, right? Competing yeah. against others, which that's not me. Versus competing with your personal best. Exactly. So yep. if you're a golfer yep. or a track person, yes. you compete against your personal yes. best. right. So who helped you? Mentors, family, reverse mentoring? Yeah, I think, you know, I I said this earlier, I think we're all product of our environment. And I think the way that I was raised in a humble way, um, I grew up in a small town. But, you know, my parents taught me that everything's about respect. And you respect the principal same way you respect the janitor, the custodian. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Everybody's the same. So I think from a foundational standpoint, having that type of parenting helped me in in the workplace. As I got in the workplace, because of that, I I listened to people. I am empathetic, Mm -hmm. right? I tend to try and walk in their shoes. I learn about people. I remember things about people. So I, mm-hmm. I do, I am blessed with a great memory and I do remember a little bit about everybody. So I'm able to personalize. So that mm-hmm. has helped. But along the way, I've had, of course, my parents and my siblings, and, and we're a very close knit family and I can bounce anything from them. But as far as in the workforce, I had a few partners and senior managers mm-hmm. at Ernst and Young that took me under their wing. I say took me under their wing, but you've got, again, to reach out and ask for help, mm-hmm. right? Mentors <laughs> yeah, aren't necessarily going to find you. <laughs> You have to go find them, and um, and even at, even at Nationwide, I was mm-hmm. guided along by um, a lot of different great leaders that helped me, um, and I was put into leadership programs, and I, you know, so on and so forth, and, and everything that I did, I, I learned, and you you take mm-hmm. that and you build upon that, right? You learn how to play on your strengths, and and not necessarily hone in on your weaknesses because I think a lot of people get caught up with trying to fix their weaknesses rather than recognize and become aware of them like I said Mm -hmm. in the beginning and you know at at one point I think I probably was doing that in my career and then I got to the point where okay I'm going to focus on me I'm going to focus on my strengths and be aware of of these things that I you know where I have holes in my armor so to speak. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it feels like a both. Yes. You learn to sell yep. because you needed to sell. I learned to speak in public because I needed to learn to speak in public. Right. But I'm also not a financial analyst, which is where I started my career, and I would be unemployed right now <laughs> if I was still doing that because I wasn't a strength. Right. Detail, not good. But it seems like consulting was foundational for you, too. It was. Right? It really was. You learn a lot. And I learned what not to do, what not where to I do. would not excel. Mm-hmm. So you also have talked about virtual role models. Mm-hmm. So especially for people who are in an environment where they may not have access to the people we did in consulting. Right. And, I, you know, I say none of us are perfect in anything mm-hmm. that we do. So even if I found a role model, I would play on 
either what I needed to fix or learn more about mm-hmm. or what their strengths were that complemented mm-hmm. what I needed to learn. But you can find people that you like certain characteristics about them, mm-hmm. right? You see a public speaker that is so dynamic and you know how do they do that? Well, and you're mm-hmm. not that great at it, go learn from them. Or you find someone that just understands the bookends of, of a business that you're in and you want to and you're fascinated mm-hmm. by that. You mm-hmm. want to learn from them. So you can have different pieces that you take from different people to, to mm-hmm. formulate what mm-hmm. you need to be whole, right? Yeah, I'm thinking almost, especially with technology, LinkedIn influencers. There are oh, people that right. I learn from that I will likely not meet. Yes, or even anybody. I mean, you have like the large tech leaders that, mm-hmm. that, that I look at and, and read about a lot, right? They have things about them that, you know, I, I like and that are very attractive to me, but then there are things about the way they lead that I wouldn't do, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know that they haven't worked in my past. So I think it's just finding those those things that you're either interested in or that you have to learn to grow more and, and threading those all together to create mm-hmm. that end-to-end virtual role model that you need for your career. Well, and part of the reason I say that back to it's not fair, mm-hmm. I have to go find it, Sometimes I'm not in an environment where I can walk down the hall and talk to it. Right. But in this era, we all have access to YouTube and yes. LinkedIn and all kinds of information. Even if that person never has a conversation with me, I can learn from them. For sure. I mean, you could go, I mean, look how many TED Talks are out there. You're going to tell me you can't learn from that? Come on, right? That's That's the thing. This is like... You can't have excuses. There's no such word as can't. There's so uh-huh. many tools and resources to help anybody uh-huh. that wants something else, right? That wants uh-huh. to learn and to grow and, and to be better than they are today in their role. And it's hard. It's hard. Again, you have to take the initiative. Nobody uh-huh. is going to come and say, hey, Maureen, <laughs> we think we should mentor you. Hey, Maureen, we think you would be good at that, right? I mean, yes, you have some managers that are going to see things in, in you and ask you to play different roles. And that's awesome if it you have a manager awesome like have that. It. Yes. But we don't all have it. We or, don't all have it. Or we've had it once and yes. we don't have it now. And if, if you've had it once, I would say be that manager because that's mm. what people are looking for. Yeah. Right. And keep looking for it. Keep looking for it. One of the things that has struck me recently, so I keep going back to it, is I certainly had great opportunities, but I was also in situations that were terrible. I've had mean-spirited managers who were just told me I wasn't smart enough to do something. Yes. We have to have the, that, it's not fair. It's not nice, but it was the reality. And I think all of us have had positive and negative people we've learned from and we've got to build the internal fortitude to get through it you do you do and and i i have i have this thing i tell people that i mentor now you cannot change your leader okay Mm -hmm. you can learn your differences between the leader Mm -hmm. um, but you can't change your leader so find the strengths and um you know, if your leader is has knowledge, play on that knowledge. Mm-hmm. If knowledge is power, right? Yep. Learn from your leader. You can always learn something, but you can't change your leader. You can influence them in different mm-hmm. ways to do things, but you're not going to change them, right? So make the best make of it. Make the best of it. And if not, you have to move on. Yeah. You've got to cut the cord and move on. Mm-hmm. You cannot be miserable. Life's too short. It's hard. Very, very hard. Especially taking the risk of leaving. Yes. But I think, you know, I've been in situations where, you know, some leaders not had a great day and they want to come in and take it out on you. That's going to happen. But I always say work is not personal, right? I'm here to better the company and Mm -hmm. I I try never to take it personal. I have a lot of pride in what I do, but I'm not going to cry at work. It's not. I just it's not that you can't personalize right you're there to do the job to better the company and when you start taking it personally it can go astray very quickly and I've had leaders yes coming in and asking me questions like and blaming and pointing fingers and and screaming and and cursing and blah 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 right and it's just like okay tomorrow's a new day and feels terrible feels terrible feels terrible but you know you witness these kinds of things and then you learn i never want to be that person so i will never do this so that leads to the question of values Mm -hmm. you seem like you have a a strong list of what you will do what you won't do who what what do you stand for you know i had somebody well i'll I'll tell you how, how i describe myself i was asked this in an interview describe yourself in five words and i said i have one word i'm real that's it. Okay. Like I feel like um, very authentic, 
genuine, real, mm-hmm. which I'll mean the same thing. But what you see is what you get. My values are around, um, I value transparency, honesty, integrity. If you attack my integrity, mm-hmm. that's when I have a hard time like holding it and not saying <laughs> something, right? Because that, that's strong for me. And, um, mm-hmm. and like I started off with, I, I value people and I want to teach mm-hmm. them and learn from them at the same time. I want to help develop them, help move them forward, help them take risks, you know, and, and within those people, I want them to understand that I value the things that I value, right, to make the team better and to trust me as that leader. When you started with the acronym of team, the mm-hmm. first was transparency. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I'm 100% transparent. If it's not confidential, I'm communicating to my team, and they know that. Mm -hmm. I am. And with feedback to people, it is so important, everyone listening, that don't wait to give feedback, um, whether it's, you know, positive or... We need the negative stuff. Yes, if there's room for opportunity for somebody. The second you hear it, I mean, my goodness, I will text if it's appropriate or Skype Mm -hmm. the message. um, Or as soon as I see the person, tell them, I'm not going to wait till mid-year or a year-end performance. That's not helping anyone. So if if you're a people leader, that's your responsibility to do that. That's Mm -hmm. how you make people better Yeah, and hold people accountable. Well, and that's how we all learn. That's how we learn. Right. That's what feedback is a gift. And you have to be able to be mature and take that feedback and do something with it, not sit on your hands and be Eeyore. (laughs) Well, your example earlier, one of your biggest changes was the feedback on selling. Mm -hmm. You took it. When I started at Accenture, I got some strong feedback. And similarly, I needed to take it and make some changes. Yes. You can't sit on your hands and ho-hum. Somebody's seeing something different. Sometimes it, you, you could say, well, that's perception, but perception's reality. Yeah, when, it, when you're right. my boss yes. and I get to keep my job or exactly. lose my job based on exactly. what you think, yes. I've either got to change your perception or I've got to change myself. Yes. And usually it's by changing myself, <laughs> yes. I'll change the perception. Right. But be happy, right? you got to be yeah. happy with what you do because that's where your passion comes out. And, and people will see that, right? Yeah, that's another thing that I've learned over time, just kindness graciousness thank you thanks it goes a long way an attaboy an attagirl right Uh it's it doesn't even have to be formal but genuine genuine it has to be genuine and make sure it's timely right Uh and people will do anything for you and they want to be cared for for sure they they want you to understand them they want to be cared for and they want to be appreciated Uh right not necessarily even formally recognized appreciation thank you for doing that i appreciate a good yes. job. Yes. And I am in your camp and trying to help you succeed. Even though you, it, it could be, oh, yes, that's the job they're supposed to do. But guess what? They did it, and they did it a great job. So mm-hmm. go go say thank you. Right? Take the time to do it. And that promotes engagement. and Oh, that's it. And the inverse Those. of that promotes disengagement. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you don't and want the inverse of that. Right. Maria, thank you so much. It's just been a delight to hear a little bit more about your story. Oh, thank you for the time, Maureen. And our listeners, I'm sure, appreciate because we often don't hear the inside story about how people got here and what has enabled them to be successful. Oh, I, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you again for your time. You're welcome. So you are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. We hope that you heard something from Maria that you can put into action in your work. What are your values? When you feel like it's not fair, what do you do to get over it? Who are your mentors? Where do you get information that may not be from someone directly, but what are you reading? What, what is on your reading list? What are you failing at? That is a hopefully small fail. <laughs> Experiment, learn. So please email us, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations, or info at metcalf-associates.com. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then. Drive and thrive and have a great week.